I'm watching the zoos and I look out in the field and he's out there. Like just, I don't know where he came from. He just appeared. Did he grow as you, as you went up to him? Like did you, like when you saw him in the stand and then when you went up and walked up to him and actually put your hands on him, did he grow from that time? And I said, I said, I dropped him, I dropped him. He said, who'd you drop? I said, drop the eight by eight. And he was like, I just heard a bunch of crashing everywhere. And he's like, I'll be there in a sec. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host again for this episode, Taryn Hunt. Got an awesome podcast for you guys today. But before I get to that, as always, I want to thank our sponsors, Vortex Optics. Vortex sponsors everything that we do at eHunter. We're grateful for them and grateful for their friendship and partnership. Today's podcast is a little bit different than the ones I've done in the past. It's more of a, a story and experience. But recently we posted an article on our website about three Pope and Young records that were taken in the same month, which is absolutely amazing. But one of those records was by Gunnar Womack in Oklahoma. Um, he harvested a, an amazing whitetail. If you guys haven't seen the pictures, go onto our website and find that article. His picture is the featured image for that article. It's unreal. It's absolutely amazing. So check that out. But in today's podcast, I sit down with Gunner and we talk about the story, uh, not only the experience of the actual hunt and what happened that day that he was able to harvest this deer, but what happened after that. You know, the whole Pope and Young process, the shows that he was able to go to, um, where he was able to show this this deer off. So really cool guy. I was really surprised to find out how old Gunner was. He's pretty young in his hunting career and to harvest a, a deer like this, this young in his career, man, he's got some uh, high hopes going on in the future. So thank you guys for listening to the podcast. appreciate all the support, the comments, the follows, everything. You guys are absolutely fantastic and appreciate everything that you guys do for us here at eHunter. Don't forget to, to share the podcast with people that you feel may be interested in it. Um, please leave us comments as well. If you guys see articles on our website and you're like, hey man, that would be a cool podcast, shoot me a message. Um, send me an email. My email is terranh at ehunter.com. That's T-E-R-R-O-N-H at ehunter.com. But let us know what you guys would like to hear. Um, if you want to know more about an article that we post and would like to hear a podcast on it, let us know. So hope you guys are staying safe and healthy out there. This whole coronavirus thing has kind of throwing a wrench in everything that uh, we do in life and is even impacting hunting if you guys haven't been on the website recently go check it out we've posted up a lot of articles lately about uh, some of the changes that some of the states are making in reaction to the coronavirus and it's kind of staggering of what they're doing so i'm really truly hoping that we're done with this in the near future we can get back to normal life uh, the shed season shed hunting season opens may 1st here in colorado and Man, when that time comes, I want to be at the trailheads and be on the mountains and uh, finding sheds. So hopefully that that happens. So, anyways, appreciate you guys. Thanks to you for listening. And without further ado, here's the podcast with Gunnar Womack. All right, guys, welcome back to the E Hunter newscast. On today's newscast, um, we're actually talking to Gunnar Womack, who we did an article recently on our website about three Pope and Young records that were taken in the same month, and uh, Gunnar was part of that. So welcome to the call, Gunnar. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
appreciate your time. Appreciate you jumping on with me. I've had a lot of uh, questions come in, or a lot of interest about, obviously, about your deer. I mean, that thing was was freaking ridiculous. But uh, before we get into that, would you mind introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about you, where you're at, and what you do, those kind of things? Well, uh, my name is Peter Womack. Um, I'm 19 years old now. I was 18 whenever I shot the deer. I'm 19 now. I go to Oklahoma State. I'm a freshman, which is in Stillwater, Oklahoma, oh, about north central Oklahoma, right in there. Um, yeah. Nice. So, so you're wow so you're really young i, I didn't realize how young you yeah. were <laughs> yeah, yeah i kind of set the bar a little high right there uh, yeah the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah i don't know that you'll yeah. top that the rest of your life <laughs> yeah man that's awesome so out of all the deer you harvest i mean how many how many deer have you harvested in your in your hunting career we'll say it that way i i couldn't even tell you really i started when i was five or six i killed my first deer when i was six or seven i think it was six uh wow. seven point but yeah wow that's I've been a my whole life so. so out here in the west um well at least myself and i think most kids we can't hunt until we're uh, well i was 14 when i started hunting or it could actually have a tag in my pocket and so yeah so if i was 14 to 19 it would have been really early on in my hunting career but i guess yeah. if you started when you were five you've been hunting for a while oh yeah have you hunted anything else besides whitetail? Yeah, uh, I love the waterfowl hunt. That's one of the big things we do. So after we tag out outdoor defiance circuit, we just we go full bore into the waterfowl. We love turkey hunt. Turkey hunting is awesome. I love turkey hunt. That's one of my favorites by far. Uh-huh. Um, we do we do little hunts like you know we'll go on a rabbit hunt every once in a while and do little things like that. I've been crow hunting, which is pretty fun when it's, when it's hitting stuff. So. But yeah, I mean, we do all kinds of things. I do. Nice. Yeah. Are you guys getting impacted with this whole coronavirus with your guys' spring turkey hunts? Um, we start the sixth is the first day of turkey season. We've already kind of talked about it. Uh, we've been fishing a little bit, which of course we've been careful and we've been only around each other. And we went to Ufala, Lake Ufala, which is southern Oklahoma, mm-hmm. during spring break, and we stayed at our buddy's uh, family's house who lives right on the lake and that's kind of what our spring break was so we didn't really want to get out with a bunch of people so we just sat on the boat for a whole week pretty much and caught catfish we got 30 uh, not 30 43 <laughs> blues and channels wow. so, so uh, that was pretty fun and uh, we've been fishing a lot at Caw Dam which is north northern Oklahoma we've been snagging spoonbill and doing things like that, trying to stay around, stay away from people, but yet again, still doing things that we like to do. Yeah. That's a, that's a great thing about hunting and fishing is really, even with the limitations that they're putting on us with this whole virus thing, we can still get out and for the most part do really what we want to do. As far as I know out here in the, in the West, like uh, we do a South Dakota turkey hunt spring turkey hunt and Mm. it hasn't been affected yet the one here in colorado hasn't been affected yet so i think we should be okay they they start a little bit later in the month but um i'm hoping that we're still able to do it so well let's talk about your deer and if for the listeners out there if you guys have not been on our website or have not seen this whitetail you you've got to go see this thing because 
it's unreal. It was the featured image on the article that we did. Um, Gunners there holding it. It, it is pretty amazing. So if you haven't checked that out, go check that out and check out that picture. It, again, it's it's unbelievable. This this white tail that he was able to harvest. So, Gunner, if you want to mind, tell us a little bit about the story of the hunt. You know, when was it? Where? Not exactly where you were at. You don't have to tell us exactly where, but uh, tell us a little bit about the story of that day. Well. Uh... I had worked that day. I really didn't think I was going to get to go hunting. And um, I got to work, and the big part of what I did, I had to weed eat like a 200-yard long fence line, and I was like, okay, I got to get this done. Like, so I like sped through that whole thing. And I like the, the day before, I was like, I don't think I can go tomorrow. It sucks because I've been hunting this dude hard the whole year. And I've been going every day I could, even if I was late, I would sneak in there. And if there were deer in the field, I'd just pretty much sit down on the edge and just say I was there so I could watch. But uh, I wasn't even going to really go because I didn't think I was going to get there even close to time. But my buddies ended up talking me into going. So um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the backside. We have three different food plots on a, about 120 acres. There's a big watershed that the middle of it um i was going to go to the back side just i don't know i was just feeling it and uh tanner neely uh one of the guys in our hunting group was like look you gotta go to the top field i'm like you know i, I just want to go to the back field like now i'm feeling it this is my field I, i'm ready and he was like no you've seen this deer in the top field you know and i was like yes but like i mean he he's, he goes to every food plot because he's obviously the dominant there so like we see him everywhere back in there with our cameras but uh, he ended up talking me into going to the top field. Like, you know what, what the heck, I'm going to go. So I get now back to my weed eating. I finally got my weed eating done at like five, I think. Oh, and I, I drove so fast. I, I packed the camo and I hid my bow because I work at OSU. Oh, nice. So I hid my I hid my bow underneath my hunting clothes so I could just go straight there. So I got done and I, uh, I ended up speeding all the way to Pawnee, which is north, sort of north, more since it is north of Stillwater, but uh, I sped all the way down land in Pawnee, and I got there, and I, I like, sped walk in. There was no deer on the plot, which is amazing, but I, I got up in my deer stand, and about 10 minutes later, two young bucks walk out, so, like, I just got there. Well, the, the two bucks were there for a long time, two young deer. And it was getting later and later. I was like, maybe these are the only two deer I'm going to see tonight, you know, whatever. At least I got to see deer. And right, what did I say, about 20, 15, 20 minutes before I was going to have to head down, I could see a bunch of does start walking out of the uh, out of the trees. And I was like, okay, this might get this might get very interesting real fast. And these does come out, it was about five or six, probably. They came out in the field, and I'm watching these does, and I look out in the field, and he's out there. Like, just, I don't know where he came from. He just appeared. <laughs> and, like, holy cow, there he is. And uh, there was two other decent deer on the field, like, pretty good deer. And he was out there about 40 yards. <clears throat> and I had this little bitty tiny shooting window. It was very small through my deer stand at the angle he was at. And I was contemplating whether I, whether I was going to take it or not. I was like, you know what? I might as well take it. So when I get my bow ready to 
pull back and take this shot, he kind of jogs off the field, and I was like, oh, great. I'm done. I'm never hunting again. I'm just going to leave. You know what? I'm just going to leave. I just blew it. And uh, these two bucks were messing with this one doe, and he, he came busting right back out of those trees. And uh, he ran those two bucks off, and, of course, they didn't want any part of them. He stuck his head down, and they were like, nope, we're gone. So they took off, and the angle that he came back out was behind my stand. There's my tree kind of splits my stand straight down the middle, and my bow was on the wrong side of the tree. So I had to take my bow and, like, turn it upside down and, like, lean back and move my bow to the other side of the street. And the, uh, whenever I got there, I only had one, uh, mind you, I only had one, uh, tip. so yeah, I only had a, the only other arrow I had was a practice tip because the night before I ran into a bunch of hogs walking out. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that, yeah, that's why I only had one of those, but I, uh, I get about mid draw and he looks up at me about 25 yards and was like well he got me he stuck his head back down and i finally got my full draw and i looked down my side i was on him i looked up i looked down my side and I just, it was like the most calm i'd actually ever been actually shooting deer so it was like it was weird because usually i get all excited and you know adrenaline pumping buck fever whatever oh yeah don't we all <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i was actually really calm but um, I kept looking up, looking down the site, looking up, looking down the site, and I, I was steady. I was on him. I was like, okay, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. <laughs> no one's going to believe me. Like, if I don't take the dude down, no one's going to believe me. So I uh, I put the shot on him, and I heard a big slap. I knew I hit him pretty solid, and he ran about 20, 30 yards and uh, fell dead in his tracks right in the middle of our brush-hogged road, right down the middle of our food plot. Oh and gosh. his head was up for a second and I was like this is going to get really really interesting with my practice tip <laughs> <laughs> so but he, he ended up he ended up actually fully dropping his head and I uh, immediately following that I was like oh uh, what did I just do like I knew this year was big I, I didn't quite know at the time he was going to be that big a deal as as he ended up being. I mean, he was a really big deal. Did he grow as you but, as you went up to him? Like, did you like when you saw him in the stand, and then when you went up and walked up to him and actually put your hands on him? Did he grow from that time? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Oh, it was crazy. Like he came out and it was just like just as you can imagine, his antlers were just boom. Oh they yeah. There and I was like, oh my gosh. Like pictures don't do this do justice at all. <laughs> and when he came out, I was like, oh my gosh and then when i went up and actually held him up uh before i even got out of the stand i didn't even want to get out like i was i was like because i had the practice tip so i i start trying to call dad my dad and he wouldn't answer of course of course he doesn't answer and then i call my mom trying to get a hold of dad and she answers like you know what's up she doesn't i mean she doesn't have she doesn't know the significance of what just happened right so, I was like, I was like, Mom, get dad right now. Like, get dad right now. Can you come out here and help me? Like, get dad right now. He said, what, what, what happened? I was, like, I was like, I just shot that deer. And she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> and I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, cool, mom. Like, yeah. get your kid out. Get your kid out. And she gets all the time. And I start trying to, because my other two buddies that are out there to Pine Street, they, uh, they hunt about a mile, two miles. Both their places are less than two miles away from me uh, where they hunt. So they were hunting that night, too. So I called them, and uh, I called Taylor Smith, and he starts, he's whispering because he's afraid to walk out at this point. Like, yeah, what's going on? I was like, I, I shot him, I shot him. Like, I'm freaking out. Like, I shot him, I shot him, I dropped him. He's like, who'd you, like, what'd you shoot? And we have a big, big, really big eight point. He's going to be 140, 150-inch wow. eight point next year. Wow. And, and he was pretty big this year. And I said, I got the eight by eight. And he thought I just said eight point. He's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, cool. He <laughs> wasn't, like, freaking out like like my other buddy did. But I was like, oh, you know, I thought you'd be more excited because you've seen this gear I have. Like, oh, I'll be there in a sec. He just, he cut out. He, he thought I said eight point. And uh, I called Tanner, and I said, I said, I dropped him, I dropped him. He said, who'd you drop? I said, dropped the eight by eight. And he was like, I just heard a bunch of crashing everywhere. And he's like, I'll be there in a sec. <laughs> and I hear a bunch of crashing. It's like, oh, my gosh. And he hangs up. I was like, okay. And he's on his floor there because he's a Taylor Smith, and he lives, like, right out there. Mm-hmm. So he... He usually drives to his house and then drives his floor with about a mile to his land. And I'll tell you how excited Tanner was. He got there at the exact same time in his floor wheeler as Taylor did in his truck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so he drove that fast down the dirt road to get there. And, yeah, so Taylor pulls up, and he gets out of the truck. He said, that's not the eight point. I was like, no, it's not the eight point. He said, oh, my gosh. And by that time, I'm almost tackled to the ground by Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> he was already off of his four-wheeler, running over there, and they're just in awe looking at it, and we're like, Taylor immediately kind of said something like, this is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, that'd be cool, you know, but like, of course, Tanner and I didn't really take it a whole lot serious yet. So, <clears throat> after that, we just set him up, took some pictures, and like with real, real cameras, and because that's kind of Taylor's thing. He likes to take a bunch of pictures and oh, yeah. do that whole photography thing. So he, that's his department, really. So he was taking a bunch of pictures, and we get him loaded up, and we take him to the house, and we start cleaning him. Our neighbor has a skin bowl, <clears throat> and our neighbor comes out, and he goes, do you have a lawyer yet? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, no, what do you mean? He said, he said that's a state record. Yeah. Like, you think so? He said, yeah. He said, that's something. And... So that was the first time I really kind of took it serious. Maybe, sort of. But um, then I ended up, we ended up cleaning them and everything. And a bunch of people came over to look at it because my dad texted me, like, yeah, Gunner just shot the big old deer that we have on camera. And they're like, which deer? Dad sent a picture because, of course, this whole time he was keeping them in the wraps because we've had incidents with people hunting on our fence lines. We've had 170, 180 inch deer. On us before, and people pouring out corn piles on our fence line and hunting it. Said <clears throat> that before, so this time it was we were really, really secretive, obviously. Mm-hmm. Only a certain amount of people kind of knew about him. <clears throat> so uh, a bunch of like dad's friends came over <laughs> and were like, <laughs> they all like piled in. They were like, oh my gosh. And like, I, I, I knew it was a big deer, but yet, like I said, it was 
it was just barely kind of in my mind how big a deal he was. And I ended up posting him on Facebook. I was like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I just posted all my social media yeah. platforms. And I was like, you know, I'll probably get a bunch of, you know, congrats from family, friends, and all that's cool. I go to sleep, I wake up, and I have like 500 new Facebook friends. Oh my God. Or whatever. <laughs> a lot of Facebook friend requests. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I look at my messengers, my messenger, <clears throat> and all these people are asking to score it, and all these people are like the Backwoods show here. Wow. They were asking to represent for me to have him there at the Backwoods show. And then a bunch of like people were like, I'll make this pedestal for you, whatever. And I'm like, holy cow. And like two days later, I ended up getting called by uh, Boone and Crockett. They ended up calling me. Um, so that was pretty cool. But That's I mean, a... Yeah, it was just surreal, kind of just how fast it happened. And, like, it kind of kick-started our whole outdoor defiance thing because we started in October, and I immediately ended up shooting this deer at the end of October. So it kind of just blasted us forward, and it all came so fast. We've been trying to come back down to earth from it for the past <laughs> couple months. Well, that's yeah. the thing. You kill something like that, and, man, the attention that you're going to get is – it's really yeah. unreal and what great timing as you're as you're launching yeah. that and to be able to harvest that deer at that time and so give us the details on the i all the information's in our article but for our listeners give us the details what he scored what the points were and, and all that for those that haven't seen it he um he scored his green score was 209 and i want to say 68 was his gross green score and then he Ended up uh, green scoring at 201 and 5.8, I think. And then we got an officially score. And he grossed 201 and 5.8. And he ended up, he, he shrunk a lot. Like, well, because, like, after, after that drying period, he ended up netting 185 and 5.8. Oh, was, wow. Oh, yeah. It was, we, we were sitting there waiting for the score at the Beckwood show, and we heard 185, and we all kind of looked at each other like, whoa. Yeah, like, it's way off. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's unreal. That's amazing how much he shrunk after that. But still, okay. still at 201 and 5.8, that's that's huge, man. That is unreal. Yeah. Yeah, the 201, we, whenever people ask, I'm like, yeah, 201. A bunch of people around me are like, if they grow it, they should keep it you know that's what they should have and i was like yeah you know yeah that's but, not how those those agencies work yeah. but but yeah. i agree yeah. yeah if it grows it that's what you should have and man especially yeah. that's just you know so i'm, I'm going to kind of relate this to the the mule deer world because that's my world you know if you get a, a mule deer over 200 inches that's something you know that that's yeah. something but you see it more often in a mule deer but man and when yeah. you have a white tail like that 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 scores over 200 i mean it, it really really shows in that whitetail and um you know i was looking at the pictures on your instagram page before we hopped on the call and you look itty bitty (laughs) behind that thing i think it's just a monster out there yeah so how was the the whole process of of boone and crockett was it boone and crockett or or pope and young which one was it or both he he ended up getting both okay well he got he got the pope and young state record and he got put into the boone and crockett he was i think he ended up being third or fourth like overall in the wow. state um they had the 
state record at the backwood show and they put him next to him and he obviously looked the part but <laughs> he, uh, they he ended up being like third or fourth i think in the state with Stephen crockett which is rifle and all that stuff but he he blew the pope and young a lot of them up he ended up actually only getting the top spot by an eighth of an inch oh wow Hey, yeah. I'll take that extra eighth of an inch if that's what gets me that top spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he would, he would have blown it up if he didn't have that trash at his base. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that trash kind of messed him up, but, you know. So what was that whole process like? I mean, did they, like, come out to your house to, to officially score? Did you have to take it somewhere? What was that whole process like? Uh, we had a game warden come by and green score him within the next couple of days after I shot him and just to get a, just to get a green score out there. Mm-hmm. We had a game warden, Spencer Grace, uh, game warden in Ponca City. He uh, came down and real great dude. He, he did it and uh, posted about it and got us a little bit of publicity about it and got it out there. And then after we ended up doing that, we waited a while because he was getting mounted and we wanted him done and mounted for the backwards show and the backwards show called us and said we'll have a bunch of official scores there if you want to do it here we can do like a big announcement we can have a bunch of people come by and do that kind of thing and we ended up doing that uh Uh, february 29th is when he officially got scored at the backwards show and they they had they had two booths they had one booth scoring just uh just do that people brought up randomly to the show one score and they had the the record booth where people were trying to get in the record book, stuff like that. And they ended up doing them there. And a bunch of like news outlets came out and a bunch of that kind of stuff. And they ended up getting four official scores to do it, which were all either retired game wardens or actual game wardens. They were official Pope and Young and Bruno Crockett scores. And they ended up doing it and they wrote up all the paperwork as soon as it happened. And they got scored February 29th. Wow, that that's awesome. I'm looking at your pictures right now of the I think it's of the Backwoods show with you and a bunch of game wardens in the background there. Yeah. Oh man, that thing looks like just an absolute monster when you're holding it, dude. (laughs) That's cool. Who who did your uh, Who did your taxidermy? They did a fantastic job. Yeah, Terry. Terry. I'm not sure about his last name. It was Terry's taxidermy. He's uh, he does all kinds of things. He came to us, and um, so far we haven't had to pay for anything. So far, uh, wow. we've tried, <laughs> but uh, but so far he's just enjoyed doing it and having some publicity from it. So oh yeah, he, he came to us and we were like, yeah, Dad had him do a deer a while back, way back. So we kind of knew him from way back, and he contacted us and we we're like, sure, why not? Went to him, and he he even rushed it. He did a rush on it, so we used them for the Backwoods show, which was great. So he did a fantastic job, and it was great. He did. Kudos to him. Shout out to him. I mean, man, anybody's looking for a, a good taxidermist in that area, man, he did fantastic. And if you haven't seen the pictures, oh, yeah. yeah, check out Instagram. Great, great shots of that uh, of that mount. So, well, congratulations, man. I, that when we posted that article, like it seriously, that that got a lot of attention. People seeing that and um, kind of the people just wanting to know the story and you know it probably was 
went everywhere around the Midwest area, but here in the West, we didn't get yeah. to hear too much about it until we really published that yeah. article. And then it started, you know, really, we, we got a lot of, you know, questions and inquiries about like, what, what the heck is up with this unreal yeah. whitetail? So, yeah. man, fantastic. Well, I appreciate you jumping on with me and, and sharing the story. So cool, man. And, and good luck to you in the future. That's going to be a hard one to top. I, I don't know that you ever will. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's very tough, but uh, that's why we're going to Colorado. We're going to go try to take down an elk, you know? <laughs> yeah, come out here to Colorado and get you one of these big 400-inch elk. And, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that I guess that would definitely top. I don't know, though. That That's still that's an unreal yeah. deer, man. I'm, just, I'm still looking at yeah. pictures, and it's just blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, before before I let you go, why don't you, if you don't mind, let everybody know what your uh, Instagram handle is so that everybody can go on and check out these pictures. Gunner underscore Womack 14 is my Instagram. Okay. And on Facebook, is it just Gunner Womack? Yeah. Sweet. Well, everybody, go check him out. Go check out those pictures. Um, Shoot him some questions. If you have some questions, uh, give him a follow on his social media. Uh, I'm pretty sure starting out with that, you've got a lot of uh, good animals to harvest in the future. And so you'll be a fun one to follow and see what you're doing. So. Again, man, appreciate your time, and uh, congratulations again. All right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep, thanks, man. You take it easy. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and thanks to Gunner for recording this with me. What a cool dude, huh? Uh, don't forget to follow him on his social media platforms as well as his page, Outdoor Defiance. They've got some cool stuff up on there. They're killing some turkeys like crazy this past week on there. We've posted them up on a, a couple times on our page. But, man, really cool guys, and, and Gunner's an awesome dude. Also want to quickly say thanks again to Vortex Optics for sponsoring, again, everything that we do here at eHunter. Also want to thank Ready Nutrients for sponsoring this podcast. Appreciate them. Donnie over there is an awesome guy. If you haven't had a chance to talk with him, he's a really cool dude. Uh, reach out to them, ask them questions, get some of their product. Thanks again, guys, for listening to the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Please stay safe and and healthy out there, and we'll see you on the next one.